Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Another open practice for Ohio State as spring ball starts to wind down. This is a practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. I'm Austin Ward. That's Tim May and Jeremy Birmingham joining me. We got six more periods of spring and we all got to watch it together. So I didn't get an advantage over you guys, but uh, a fired up group of Buckeyes. You, you could get to this point, you know, might get complacent, start looking to the end, get to the spring game. All the heavy work is done maybe. Uh, Nico Palazzetti took the reins beforehand, made sure that wasn't going to happen to him. And he was, I think you were trying to take some video of it, but yeah. that's probably going to get lost uh, for uh, yeah, ratings purposes. Yeah, bottom line is it was, well, you know, on, on uh, when you're on the internet, you can put anything on you want. So Howard Sternish type thing, finish to that thing. But uh, bottom line is, uh, yeah, he got them fired up, but then they ran out there and started doing their thing. And guys, the thing that jumped out at me, you know, before anybody scoops anybody, Nicholas Petit-Frere was like missing. We understand he's got a little bit of illness that's been going through the team, et cetera. No big deal. Uh, uh, I, I, every time I watch this team, I'm stunned almost because I've been covering this thing for a long time. And uh, I'm stunned by the depth at wide receiver and at running back. And I saw it again today, you know, and I'm watching Trevion Henderson running around like we, we've talked about before. That guy's going to play. I mean, my now they're out there without shoulder pads on and their spider gear or whatever. But then I'm watching those wide receivers, and uh, it's just amazing. Just one right after the other, big time wide receivers. In my opinion, that's I don't think that's hyperbole. Do you? Uh, no, not no. at all. No, and I don't want to spoil the the you know the soup, but Trevion Henderson's going to be just as good when he's in full pads and helmets. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, to me the takeaway like. You know, I'd like to see things from a bigger view. But take us out there. I just simply can't believe how much I miss being able to just watch football up close yeah. and enjoy just being able to see these the, the guys go out there and practice. And, you know, the little things that we maybe took for granted in the, in years past that uh, we get an opportunity, but also still the stark, ch you know, challenges of today because Nico's speech was talking about how some guys had their shot and they couldn't lift their arms. And, yeah. You know, so they're, they're trying to get everyone vaccinated. They're trying to get everyone ready for the football season. But, um, you know, the, the message was embrace the suck. <laughs> and uh, I think it's just great that as a team, they're able to kind of get back to embracing normalcy a little bit. Um, and with that, you know, on top of what Tim said, yeah, th this team is loaded. I mean, loaded with talent. They're, the only thing you heard more than embrace the suck today was touchdown Garrett Wilson. Yeah. yeah. So we're obviously going to talk about the quarterbacks. And I turned to Berm and had my hot take of the morning, which is every quarterback is going to look really good when they get to throw to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah. You're talking about the depth, though, Tim. I mean, that's impressive. And you're going to find room for six of those guys if you're Brian Hartline. But those top two, those are the best receivers in america so yeah. they get open with ease um and that's why i think that what may wind up separating to segue right to the quarterbacks what may wind up being the difference here for cj stroud is the ability to throw the deep ball it's not to say that jack miller can't or that kyle mccord won't be able to but if you look those three and line them up right now i think that from what i've seen in now two open periods of only you know six six periods of those practices he's the leader he's he continues to be the first one through the drills there was one period of red zone throwing where Jack Miller did get to go first today. If we're going to be, you know, lay all the cards on the table, he did get to go first through that. But then the next drill and every other drill that we saw, the reps were two or three to one for C.J. Stroud. And I think that the way he throws that deep ball is what it eventually sets him apart because he's going to have open receivers no matter who's on the field. Yeah, that, that's true. And by the way, Jackson Smith and Jigba, for example, I'm a, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Jameson Williams looks like a different guy than he did two years ago. 
I mean, we're talking about the wide receiver core. Amiki Igbuka got his name called a couple times today. Marvin uh, Harrison had two touchdowns. Marvin Harrison uh, had two. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, yeah had two <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, Not the Hall. Senior, yeah. senior could probably still come out here and catch. <laughs> yeah, a few but junior, junior lords over senior, doesn't he? I mean, you know. But my my point is, there are a lot of like you said, a lot of great targets. I'm not I'm not counting Jack James Miller out of the running in that quarterback thing, and yet, and I'll tell you what, Kyle McCord impressed me more today than he, than he did the first time I got to watch these guys because I got to watch him throw a lot more, and uh, he's definitely got the goods. But I, I I think you're right. I mean, just based on what you're hearing and based on what you're watching. Uh, C.J. Stroud has a slight edge there. It does I do believe? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's a little thing that we saw out there. The first drill they started to really go through the quarterback lines. It was C.J. Stroud walking side by side with Ryan Day to the huddle, and to me, like it's only him walking with him. And, and there's a reason for that. And it's not to disparage anyone else or to suggest that Jack or, or Kyle aren't going to have a full opportunity to take that spot, but. To me, it seems pretty clear that the goal here for Ohio State, and it may be even be for the big picture, it may be for the roster management down the road, it may be for a lot of things that we don't entirely get to, to know, but I think the the goal is for C.J. Stroud to be the guy. And, but, and, and it, because if he's not, a lot of things change. Well, that but, same drill, and again, we're, we're picking on the few things that we get to see because that's we're working with what we've got. Plus, they weren't C- really playing football today, but go ahead. Yeah, C.J. Stroud walked out with Ryan Day. That was his turn leading that drill. Jack Miller got in the huddle and got sent back to the huddle to just to give the call four times in a row that they were not breaking it properly. And, I again, we're, we're nitpicking the smallest yeah. details, but That's this is also the Ohio State quarterback battle <laughs> yeah. and six periods. So what else? Are we, we're going to take what we can learn exactly. from that. From that yeah, and you and I are going to cut it up on my <laughs> podcast this week. I hope everybody tunes into that. But, uh, but yeah, you're you're right. I mean, a couple other things jumping jumping away from quarterback. And it was great to see Harry Miller out there just doing some drills before he went back in. You know, his in his rehab. For me, it was and, Court Williams. Yeah, seeing Court, Court Williams, Williams, exactly. Seeing Court Williams out there actually running around for the first time, as opposed to just walking around in a jersey and shorts. To me, that's uh, those signs. We saw yeah. Cam Brown backpedaling and doing those things. So, you know, even though those guys aren't playing, to Tim's point, like, they are active. And I'll tell you what else jumps out. I mean, you know, when they're doing those offensive line drills and stuff in front of you, man, Paris Johnson Jr. is the real deal. I mean, he is the real deal. And of course, Dewan Jones was in there today when they lined up with the number ones in place of uh, uh, Nicholas petit Frere, who's ill. Um, you know, there's been a little illness going through the team, as I said earlier. But uh, I think he, you know, I raved about him last time we yeah. did one of these things. I think he looks – so much different than he did, you know, a year and a half ago. It's crazy. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting as well. It tells you that Ohio State is pretty entrenched in its belief that Paris Johnson needs to play guard for them this yeah. year, and that he sh- he shouldn't be. If this was September, maybe we'd be having a different conversation about who needs to be at right tackle. But I think for the plans right now, Ohio State was more intent on just hey, get your guard reps. That's where you're going to be when Nicholas Petrer is healthy. Yeah, and. and you know, and everybody, everybody's all, you know, you know, I don't know if up in arms is not the right term, but everybody's so quizzical about that deal. And I was talking with Jim Lachey before practice and during practice. And I said, people forget that Jim Lachey was a guard his senior year, All-American, got drafted by the San Diego Chargers and became an all-pro left tackle. You know, you just want your five best guys out there. And I think, and he's really impressed with Paris Johnson Jr. He's likes the way he bends, likes the way he moves. He goes, you know, he likes his feet as a guard, a pulling guy and stuff like that. I mean, when they pull and stuff, and uh, he just thinks it's uh, it's going to work great. We've, we've talked about it in the past, the, the depth of the offensive line right now. You you look at that unit, and there could be eight or nine starters 
Uh, really, I mean, and that's the thing. We know that Harry Miller is going to get back and get an opportunity to work himself back into the best five. Yeah. You know that Nick Petit Frere is going to be ready to go. You know that Dewan Jones could be a starter. And I'm telling you, uh, I keep trumping it. Josh Fryer is a bad yeah. man. Like, Josh Fryer is a bad dude. Like, I, I, I don't know how easy it's going to be to take him away from that starting spot at left guard. Uh, he just uh, uh, is very good. And uh, he was the one that really caught my eye in that group, not just because of the fact that he he just physically looks ready to go, but attitude-wise, he was a guy leading the charge with the younger guys. He was someone that uh, Greg Studrara, who is not uh, often uh, handing out praise to people, uh, he was very, very happy with Josh Fryer multiple times. And I just think that it's one of those situations where this spring gives guys an opportunity to, to really emerge that you don't maybe think about. And Josh Fryer continues to be that guy. So uh, Berm is a solid member of the Friars Club. <laughs> yes, he is. what we got. I think you got jumped out to me. Those kind of Matt Jones. I think Matt, jo- Matt Jones looks impressive. Uh, Luke Whipler. Whip. Whipler or Whip. Whipler? Whip. It's Whipler. I know it's Whipler. <laughs> Where did that Whipler come from? Not sure. The other day. Anyway, Luke Whipler looks impressive. You know, we're gushing. Not ten now. guys. There's I'm ten just telling you guys. It's crazy. I've, I've been around Ohio State football since 1984 on a daily basis, as much as you can be daily these days. And I'm telling you, the the talent on hand is just, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is 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 impressive to me. And that's I mean, why we're always going to keep looking, coming back to quarterback because it really exactly will tell the tale the of what man. this team can be. It's always the trigger man. The, the trigger man's always, especially these days. But Mayan Williams, the way he's running around out there. Uh, Master Tig, you know, I know he can feel the white hot heat of all yeah. of these guys on his on his uh, tail. It's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, the guy I, I I was most impressed with physically that I noticed today, which you know I would have been surprised two weeks ago to say this name, but Noah Potter. Yeah, uh, he was. He, you, you take that ninety-seven jersey number, you're going to have some attention on you, and he didn't, you know, fill it out the same way that those Bosa brothers did, and that's understandable yeah. why. But today. I had to double check and no, he's up to 270. Agreed. Got him playing some of that three technique, which there's a much clearer path to helping Ohio State. If you have those pass rush, rush skills and you can slide inside, you can go through the 10 guys who've done that and, and maybe followed that, you know, Jay Sean Cornell path most recently. Um, you can you can make yourself a lot of money. You can have a big impact for Ohio State. We know that Larry Johnson loves to build around that position. I don't know if he'll start. Uh, there, I don't know how much of a factor he'll be in the rotation, but today was a time that I actually I noticed him physically looking the part, showing up, and that's a spot that's you know right now uh, a little bit unclear about how exactly Ohio State will handle those defensive tackles, and that's a good move I think. We talked about a couple weeks ago with G. Scott, and you know if if those guys could understand where they needed to fit, this probably is a realization for Noah Potter that the path to playing time and helping Ohio State is probably better for him and, on the inside. And you know who, who jumped out to me is looking really sure of himself and I didn't even see this in the game against Alabama, but Marcus Crowley looks like a different guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks very, much more confident in his you know, in his uh, in his uh, ability to cut, etc. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, we didn't get to watch football today. We got yeah. to watch him in their <laughs> spider pads. They were doing everything except tackling. Right. But, uh, but, you know, they're, I'm just trying to throw out names that we saw, but you're exactly right about uh, Noah. I mean, I'm just going this this kid wants to play. He's doing. He's selling out to play to try to get into that rotation and it's a three technique nose tackle. It's going to be interesting to see if it happens. For me, I'm going to go back to defense. A couple guys that caught my eye that had I've sort of been just waiting to see when they would like emerge. Yeah. First is Darian Henry Young, who looked a lot faster than he had the last couple of times I'd seen him. 
Um, maybe he's just healthy. Yeah. Uh, he, he's one. Uh, number two is, this is not a guy, but a position thought, that linebacker unit is thin, mm. boy. That yeah. is a thin group. Um, very thin. Even Taraja Mitchell today I saw with a big brace on his leg that I didn't see two weeks ago. I don't know how many more knocks they can take in that unit and, and yeah, to continue. Probably none. Because Craig Young continues to take every rep with the safeties. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I saw was, and he's gotten a lot of flack over the last few years, is Tyreek Johnson. He he got a couple of hands on, on footballs in the, uh, the half-line drills they were doing, and then he got toasted twice in a row by Chris Olave. But, again, Dude, e- no, everyone's going to be toasted by Chris Olave. Dude. I, he wasn't the only one. Chris Olave <laughs> left everybody out there spinning. Yeah. I mean, it was. But it's also sort of the way it goes because you know Tyreek Johnson will flash and say, "Well, the five star light is coming on." It's just it's up and down. That's been his career, but he's got a long way to go, and he gets a full you know off season to maybe work. A out. lot of people are going to be toasted by Chris Olave. Oh, and what else did yeah. we get to say today? Well, some punning. Jesse Murko, and he he looks apart. I mean, he's got some of that uh, that spin on the wedge yeah. that Cameron Johnson and Drew Christman used to have. The so, punter, ladies and gentlemen, from down yeah. under. So you know, to... but it's actually important because this oh, is yeah. a season, Hell unlike yeah. unlike the last 10 years, this is a year where it's actually feasible to consider that Ohio State will have to punt a few times. Yeah. And Didn't we actually... just talk about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave? Yeah. I think they're going to be okay. I'm just it's saying, you and, know, uh, this Master is the Teague first time in how long. And this, is, this, this is, is nuts, Berm. Don't. This, don't, this no. is you as a, as a historian. Jim Trestle's not the coach here. You don't have to talk about the punter. As a historian, when was the last time Ohio State had a true quarterback battle? Well, uh, well there, Dwayne I mean, Haskins, Joe Burrow was a battle, but that was a battle. It, I mean, but it it was over quickly after Joe got hurt. Well, the year before, you know, and then no, no, but it wasn't. But still, their their battle in the spring was was legit. I mean, they finally went with you know what we've got video of this guy take taking us down the field against to score Michigan, against Michigan. Right. This is the right now. This is the difference, and Joe just decided to take his talents elsewhere. But Do you, but well, on the outside looking in, I think a lot yeah. of people thought that that was Dwayne Haskins' job to lose. Yeah, right. JT and Cardale. Well, yeah, just because of what we've seen of him in the uh, in the Michigan yeah. game. He made you know. But the point is, Joe Burrow made it up. Made it a hell of a competition. You know, I've got my uh, my podcast this week. I've got Joe Germain on, and we're talking about that battle they had in '96 for the yeah. starting job and '97, uh, and just. The angst you go through as a guy trying to be that guy, you know, and and those were two talented guys back then, Stanley Jackson and Joe Germain, and you finally have to go with one and and then maybe play the other. But Brian Day's not really a play the other kind of guy, so this is so huge right now. Right, Urban Meyer was. I mean, Urban yeah. Meyer would have played both Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins had Joe stuck around. At he least tried some, to do that with Tate Martell. Right. And, but do you remember, and, and then you remember, in 2015, they did the same with Cardale and JT. Yeah, Cardale and JT. Yeah, but that was because JT had that kind of odd preseason camp, and maybe there was a promise made we don't know about that still isn't <laughs> on the record. Uh, but it was funny how JT ended up being the quarterback that year, finally. It is. All right, this is turning into a podcast link. We don't need to yeah, do sorry that. About this that. is the practice hey, report. the people want it. Do they? Oh, Read well, the comments, buddy. Guess, They're like, give us more. Guess Make what? these longer. We've got a lot more. We've got Letterman Live coming. We've got Weekend Kickoff on Thursday at Urban Meyer's Pint House, the Tim May Podcast, and then, obviously, more practice reports as the Ohio State winds up uh, pre- uh, spring ball with more of those coming this week, and then the spring game on Saturday. So I promise there's a lot more coverage coming. And Neat. I know you both have things to I'm say. I'm looking forward to this. Bottle day. it up. Bottle it up. We're going to talk about it later. That's Tim May and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. This has been the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Stay with us for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.